Today, rain pounds the Southland. This is Corey, and this is the Yo the Anthem podcast. I'm not sure you're allowed to use pounds on the radio. <laughs> In the demonstrative way of pounds. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 351 of the Yo the Anthem podcast, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, you know, I, I really just wanted to use that because it's it's a term I had heard before and I'd never actually gotten to say it out loud. Mm-hmm, and since mm-hmm. there was actual rain in Los Angeles today, I figured it was yeah. a good enough time as any. To it is a rare occasion, so you <laughs> might as well take advantage. Uh, I learned about the rain because uh, I've learned that there's also one flaw in my plan of riding a scooter everywhere and not having a car. It's that sometimes it rains in L.A. Very rarely, but sometimes it does. <laughs> From time to time. Yes. Maybe I should make that one of my resolutions, since we are going to be talking about resolutions this uh, this episode. Yes. Uh, and we, we went back. We couldn't find resolutions from past. It was like a couple years past, right? Not yeah, so like- last year, uh, it looks like we didn't do resolutions, because as is frequently the case, uh, we didn't realize it was New Year's until after uh it was new year's <laughs> once it was 2020 um, we realized we uh we i think what happened is we recorded them in advance and we didn't realize that like oh this is going to be the one that happens right before new year's and then we got back and we're like oh it's a little late to do them so oh well the year before we did do some resolutions and then the year before that we didn't but that's because that was the year that uh we were on both on vacation in maryland and uh i just don't think we thought about it. Yeah. The year before that's the first year we moved here. The year before that was the year of your vacation to Wyoming, which backed on my vacation to uh, Puerto Rico. And we right. had like four weeks in a row that we pre-recorded. So we didn't have them then either. And the first year in LA, my resolution was to not jump off the Santa Monica Pier when I was here by myself in a brand new city on Christmas. So uh, mission accomplished. Uh, <laughs> that happened. Uh, but yeah, so, I passed. Uh, I think that uh, being quarantined, locked inside, the whole nine has put the resolutions thing in a whole new mind frame, though, of thinking about how to uh, conquer a new year since theoretically we're going to get somewhere close to normal again next year. I mean, at some point, I, I think that I think that if anything, this year has sort of illuminated to me the idea that uh, a lot of resolutions are binary, like uh I've probably said many times throughout the course of my life, I'm going to eat better. <laughs> I'm going to start working out. I'm going to do all these things. And sometimes when I really commit myself to working out and eating well and everything that relates to it, I, I find myself going all in, like only salads, only water, like nothing else. And it, it's been to my detriment because eventually I just fail. Like when, the, when that goes on, you know? So, I don't, uh, I think the way to think of a New Year's resolution this year, at least for me, is like I want to start getting on the path. I want to get on the right path towards better habits and better eating and better working out and all that sort of stuff that goes with it because it's going to become a lot harder the older you get. Like, I I just know, you know, my knee hurts right now and I'm 36. (laughs) So I know that come... 46 this knee is not going to cooperate nearly as much and if i'm the same weight i am then as i am now then it's going to be really difficult to get rid of it so yeah, I, i'm reminded uh that uh i have knee pain because i've been i re i spent some time rehabbing the knee uh mm-hmm. and i was like i'm gonna just keep doing this and keep working out and that did not work out but uh i did rehab uh some pain that i was having in my knee earlier but then we get one rainy day and i'm just like ah man like just 
knee is feeling real rough today. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't when I feel better and I stretch every day and, you know, I'm doing the basic things, then it doesn't hurt every day. So I know that that's an, another thing too. I really should have pulled uh, that picture that I have of you in like 06 and me in 09. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like, uh, <laughs> I think, I guess, yeah, because when I'm at my worst, you were at your best. And then like three years later, I got my shit together, but you had backslid a little bit. By yeah, time, so. I, I think uh, I think we've never been. I don't know if we'd ever categorize either of us as super thin, uh, no, but yeah, we've yeah. never been thin at the same time. You know, like it's, never been single at the same time either. That's the no. strange thing. It's, uh, you know, I, I, every time I break up with one of these hussies, uh, you find yourself in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I try to get him to bide some time on Tinder so I can just take care of situations and then relationships. So yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, all right. So, uh, you know, I'm down with the uh, with uh, the entire like eating better and taking care of yourself. And I, another thing I think this year has kind of put me in mind for and I'm, we're going to mention it later on when we talk about covid is that California is rationing care now. Yeah. So. Uh, that we're at negative 10% ICU, which means they're just setting up ICU beds anywhere they can put them. And if it's me, uh, unhealthy, former smoker, overweight, 36 year old and 22 year old USC football player. And they're like, we got one ventilator. Um, just give, don't say anything. Just give it to him. Yeah. Because the likelihood that he survives that is just statistically higher. Right. So, I mean, in the end, Obviously, I don't think it'll be that big of a problem, and, and let's fingers crossed that that doesn't come to that at all, ever, at least for me. Um, but you know, the the idea that being in better shape is better for everybody, and of course, like you did it much younger than I did, but it, at 30, or God damn, uh, 27, 27, when I got in shape, mm-hmm. it was uh, hard. I know that at 37, it's going to be exponentially harder. Yeah. But not now, then it's just going to, be impossible at some right. point um and the knees are only gonna get worse the shoulders are only gonna get worse the back's only gonna get worse um and uh so i i want to say specifically for you though because i know i don't can't remember if you've mentioned it on the podcast or not but, but menthol cigarettes are going to be illegal in california yeah. shortly and i know that you've kind of been saying if not here than other places like well it seems like a good time for me to just you know call it on this so yeah i mean the problem is that for the better part of I think Christmas a year ago, I was saying to my family, I think I'm rounding into the place where I'm ready to quit. <laughs> and uh, I I didn't say to anybody like, you know, oh, on January 1st, I'm just going to stop or something like that. I think I kept saying to myself, I'm going to formulate some sort of a plan. Yeah. Um, and then you run out in the middle of the day and it's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go get a pack just to stretch me to, till I can go to sleep on my last cigarette and then wake yeah. up on a brand new day. Just never seems to work out that way. No. And I mean, like, it, you know, I, I know that, I mean, really the thing is that I've been, I've been smoking menthol cigarettes for my entire life. Uh, so I'm trying to, uh, it, it's one of those things like, do I want to quit with dignity or do I want to quit? kicking and screaming <laughs> like smoking some other like just regular light cigarette and like hating myself and then like i know you the inevitability is you will drive to nevada and come yeah, back with come, three cartons of cigarettes yeah. so like this is all they let me carry across the border like, oh, all right, next well. time i do it i'm like it was cheaper in arizona <laughs> <laughs> listen it only cost me 
20 bucks to charge the car across the to get those <laughs> and now and then so I, it seems well worth it to get you, you get a mysterious call you're like yeah 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 20 minutes you disappear <laughs> you come back and i'm like this is very familiar to me i thought we moved to california for a reason you're like no nah, it's my uh my cigarette guy i got a, I got a menthol guy <laughs> He brings him in on a truck. Just made a fresh run from Mexico. <laughs> and you don't want to do that. The last thing you want to do is be like, I've made it this long without See, a criminal record. but I also record. don't want Newsom to fucking win. Like, <laughs> I, there's a there's a part of me that like... Don't you do know, that. No, hold don't on. Don't say your desire to smoke is somehow about fucking I've, Gavin Newsom. I've thought about it. I've seriously thought about it. There is a current recall vote yes. that is out there. Yeah. And it's gaining steam because people are pretty fucking sick of Newsom. Uh, mostly Republicans, but... You're uh, making a COVID denier argument right now. I'm, a, I, I'm, something tells me if I wake up on the first, if I haven't, if I haven't quit by the first, mm-hmm. then I'm going to wake up, I'm going to buy some non-menthol okay. cigarette. The first that is three days from now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Before the next right. episode of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm going to wake up, uh, I'm going to have to buy some like just regular Marlboro lights and I'm going to be like, oh fuck, I got to quit. And then I'm going to immediately, before I quit, I'm going to sign the, the thing to uh, get get Newsom thrown out. Have a recall election on Newsom. Just like, fuck you, dude. Like, And, and that's the thing. You know, like, it's uh, it sucks because uh, it doesn't feel like my choice anymore, which would have made it stick a little bit better, I think. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, like, I don't know. I don't think you should be legislating, like, what if cigarettes are legal you should just let any cigarettes be legal. i mean like the whole thing was to keep it started with uh vape flavors flavors yes which are also going to be illegal as right. of the um uh whatchamacallit just plain water from now on uh, so no so uh the funny thing is i can ship vape flavors into the state you can't ship cigarettes but mm. i can ship vape flavors into the state so basically the shop where i go now oh where's the nearest indian reservation Oh, uh, maybe I, I mean, can go. There, there's a casino outside of town. So. I should have said Indian, but you know, I, I didn't mean that. But I mean, I think in this case, it's the Department of Indian Affairs. So I do believe that it's an Indian reservation. Oh, OK. Speak. Now, they probably they probably wouldn't like that. If, uh, I, but, if I offended anyone, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean it. Uh, I come from an old time. I, can, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be that grandfather. It's just like I'm. He was born in the 80s. He's not <laughs> He's not quite with it. Like, I'm relatively certain it's still the Bureau of Indian Affairs, which yeah. uh, actually makes me think. Like, maybe we should, until, maybe we should do something about until that. Until Cleveland has a new name, I think I'm all I'm in fair game <laughs> somewhere in here. Anyway. As long as you're not like uh, Chief Wahoo smoking a cigar outside <laughs> of your, your apartment. Um, but no, I, I, it's, I think it's just outside because there's a casino, uh, Indian casino right outside of... Uh, I believe so. I, 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 I might have to look into that. Yeah. I, that might be the, the stopgap until... But see, so I can quit is, in January with dignity. The thing and is, then I don't have to recall Newsom. How do they get it into the state? Because they see, I, their reservation doesn't go to the border. Here's the thing: I don't think a lot of people realize is that menthols are going to be legal in 2021. I think a lot of people are in for a rude awakening. So I think the recall Newsom thing might gain a lot of steam real quick. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just I just imagine there's a lot of people who just wake up like fucking the worst year ever. I'm still somehow like I've whittled myself down to like a pack a week that i like ration off yep because <laughs> like, my life is so miserable and i haven't worked and then all of a sudden it's just like Gone. you go to the grocery store and it's just like nope full flavored or lights it's just like what is this <laughs> what is this well you know clothes will still be available so you can always go that route 
Clothes? Clothes cigarettes, yeah. Oh, cl- no, clothes are way illegal. Are they? Yeah. But since when? Because I bought those, um, not recently, but, you know. In New York? Way back when? Yeah. In college? Yeah. <laughs> I just had to think about the last time I had a clothes cigarette. I'm like, oh, yeah, in the West Village when I was in college. Oh, God, that was so long ago. Because there was a place where clothes were legal. Because I remember I went to... Jesus. I went to that was 15 years ago. Yeah, I went to New York at some point like 10 years ago uh, and saw Megan and we had a discussion about clothes and she said they were illegal. And I'm like, no way. Why? She's just like all the reasons that things should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and then poisoning your body. Yeah. And then uh, she was just like, yeah, but New Jersey still sells them. And I think we like Drugs next time I was in New Jersey, I got some on the way or whatever. But yeah. like, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I just I feel like if it should if it's legal, it should be legal in full. Let let people decide themselves whether or not they want to like smoke menthols or not. And you I know, agree like, when it comes to vape flavors. I'll let Corey have his menthol cigarettes if you don't take away my uh, strawberry. For some reason, <laughs> strawberry flavored vape stuff is and, and it it attracts kids. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. The shop I went to carded me for the first six months <laughs> that I went there, and I was like, I I work down the street. I'm here like. Every week, and he's like, I "Need to see your ID, man." I'm like, "Okay, all right," but now uh, he's shifting gears, uh, and so he's becoming a head shop and selling like equipment, mm-hmm. and uh, so he's gonna still have the filters. And then he just gave me this website where I can find yeah. the flavors and have them shipped to me. So we're just gonna do that instead, um, because if I but have for to, now until Newsom figures out about your loophole, and then yeah. you'll sign my recall. I <laughs> uh, no, see, Corey, you go the recall route. I go drive to Sacramento and build a guillotine out in front of the governor's mansion and try to send a message. That's, you got to put it in the French route. laundry, not in Sacramento. That's <laughs> Oh yeah. I got to go where he is. Uh, so to the French laundry. Uh, and I, I do want to say before Expecting we him to be at the office, how dare you? Before we jump into the, the news of the week. Uh, I want to point out, this is the first Christmas season that we have both been in LA. since yeah. We moved here and I'm reminded of the first year when this is a really crappy time to be in LA. Nobody's here. The Santa Anas are blowing in all the allergens, so my allergies are crazy, which is awesome when everybody's looking for a little call for a sniffle for COVID. Yeah. Uh, and it just rains the entire time. Like, the last, the, today has just been rainy all day. Yeah. It rained a little bit here and there. It squirted a little bit here yeah. and there, but, like, nothing uh, too ridiculous. And, uh, I don't know. Like, it's a... Uh, such a weird place to live because it it, it it toys with you with their 300 consecutive days of no rain yeah and then, yeah. And then all of a sudden it rains and you're like eh, i didn't sign up for this like what the fuck <laughs> by the way love all the green stuff around love the trees love the grass love, love it, i just don't want anything that keeps that growing i don't it's want any the, of that it's the like i i think every it, uh, people here and us from wherever they are are probably doing the same thing where they're just like, oh, fuck you, Southern California and your, <laughs> and your sunshine and everything like that. But literally everyone has something like this because I seem to remember being in Maryland and then all of a sudden it was like April 8th or something like that. And they're just like, expect a snowstorm tomorrow. And I'm just like, fuck you, Maryland. Like, what you, get your get your house in order. Like, what the hell is this? Snow in April? I'm not doing this. But by the way, uh, I didn't agree to this. I complain about Maryland because if you're going to snow, snow, don't give me this like one half an inch where I don't even get out of work. All right. You're just inconvenienced. Uh, And, you know, when California rains, it rains. It rains so much that some dude does a Yui on the on the 101 (laughs) and blocks two lanes of traffic. So good for him. Um, But, yeah, it's a mess. 
It's good, <laughs> it though. Is, it is funny. There's there's a never-ending stream of content out there of people in L.A. reacting to the rain. And it it, it, it never ceases to amaze me because people, like, go to their, like, most base elements of, like, survival at the finish. They are not <laughs> built for it. <laughs> not built for it. Listen, if, if COVID season, if this rainy day in COVID season has taught me anything, it's that... Every apocalypse movie you've ever seen is absolutely correct. <laughs> Two days in, people are going to start losing their minds, and it, it's not going to take a week before we get the first story about somebody eating somebody else in their apartment building. Just like, what yeah. happened? It was rainy. I slipped <laughs> off the road, so I just walked back home and ate my neighbor. And I'm like, uh, bro, like, the convenience store down the street still has burritos. It's His okay. dog was antagonizing me. <laughs> No, it's the other neighbor's dog that told me to do it. That's where you're missing. <laughs> I'm completely normal, completely functional. But a 1A's dog told me to go eat 1D, so I ate him, uh, and he was delicious. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, Happy New Year's to everybody. You're listening to this uh, beforehand. Uh, also, Joyous Kwanzaa, which I've realized uh, or I've been told is the proper greeting, mm-hmm. and we are in the uh, fourth night, I think, or fifth night of Kwanzaa. Uh, so, Joyous Kwanzaa to all of you, and if you're still celebrating – Happy Festivus to all of those folks. <laughs> we didn't even have an airing of grievances. We, oh, listen. This podcast every single week is my Festivus celebration. Just wait till we talk about Marco Rubio. A 52-week 52, 52 celebra- uh, celebration of Festivus. Yes. Uh, I am not what you might call a... Uh, a uh, Orthodox Festivus follower. I'm a reform where we just uh, we go every week and we talk about it. Uh, the opposite of the kind of Catholic that Corey is. He <laughs> celebrates his Catholicism a couple times a year. I celebrate my Festivus every single Listen, week. Listen, it's COVID season. I'm trying to be safe. I'm getting away from mass. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, remember to tell St. Peter do that. anything about these. Remember to tell St. Peter that when you get up to the pearly gates. Like, Listen, buddy, uh, there was COVID. He's like, That's that was 11 months. What about the other nine years? Huh? How about that? Uh, all right. So, I, of course, the biggest story of this week that wasn't, you know, COVID yeah. or uh, Christmas, I guess, is what happened in Nashville. And I can tell that we are relying more and more on social media for news because I did not hear about it until today. Mm. Uh when I work, I turn on CNN for the first hour, two hours of my work day, uh, and I will watch some CNN just to stay up on the news. Housefrau, got it. Yes, very much the housefrau I have always complained about. Uh, however, I then turn it off, and I turn on something else. Like, I watched the 12 Monkeys show from Sci-Fi all the way through. Okay. Uh, it was 145-minute episodes. Took me three weeks. So uh, that's, that's what I do during the day. But I do watch a couple hours of CNN. 45-minute episodes. Jesus huh? Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ran for uh, five seasons. Did it? But the first season was like back in 2013, th- 14. So it was like the full 22 episode. Oh, my God. 45. It was like an hour long show, 22 episodes. Back in the glory days of television <laughs> before the streaming thing really took over. Uh, but uh, it stayed alive because of streaming. So we think that. Nonetheless, turned on CNN this morning and I was like, there was a bombing? Yeah. And then it was just like. I'm not going to check social media to find out, but I just on Slack was like Nashville question mark. And people were like, how did you not hear about this? I'm like, Oh yeah, it was, it was Facebook and Twitter and everywhere I would normally have heard about it. I'm not checking, but so, uh, we got a little more information this morning and I don't want to talk about necessarily the event because there's still a lot that we don't know. And Corey has a no hot takes policy after he got caught with his, uh, metaphorical pants down (laughs) in a hot take, uh, from a few, 
I guess years ago now. Has it been years? I mean, it would have been four years ago or something like that. Wow. Yeah. We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to talk about necessarily about the event. I, we, the, the, if you haven't heard, uh, essentially there was a man who drove an RV into downtown Nashville and then a warning went out. Yeah. There was like, like a, a loudspeaker. A speaker phone that, or like, yeah, like a loudspeaker that was saying, you know, in 14 minutes, the bomb's going off or something like yeah. that. And somebody heard it and called the police. And uh, to their credit, the police went in and uh, weren't like, what's this crazy thing? They evacuated people. And yeah. when the bomb went off, uh, it injured eight. The only person killed was the bomber, the person in the uh, building. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because the first four hour- hours of coverage this morning on CNN were like terror in Nashville and the terrorist and the things. And then I, I was thinking the whole time. What do we know? Yeah. Do we know that this is terror? Is this an act of terror? Because it's not, uh, we do have, let me confirm, we have very much right-wing conservative white terror organizations in America. What you don't see from them is the suicide bombing. They don't do that typically. Yeah. Um, And also they don't give you a warning because they want to kill people. So what it sounds like to me is maybe this is somebody with mental health problems and used a bomb to commit suicide. And basically at noon, the Minneapolis, I keep saying Minneapolis because it's MN on their uh, MNPD. Yeah. It's a Metro Nashville Police Department. Um, Did a press conference where they were like, we've seen it reported it was terrorism. I just want to say our first thing was we don't know it might be terrorism, but now we're learning more about the subject and, and, uh, so they kind of calmed all of this terrorism talk. But I, I think that it's important for people to keep in mind that, that we jump a lot on the terrorism thing. Mm. And I think this is the danger of kind of our world where we say terrorism is not an act because as you pointed out in our preacher discussion, um, it's it, the act of terror. People were terrorized, but I mean, it wasn't it, really that. It's, it's a spectrum. I mean, like, there's no way you can say that this isn't a terrorist act, per se, because the act created terror. <laughs> like, there's no, you know, like, the, it's a low bar, per se, but, like, he cleared it. Um, much like, you know, if somebody's walking past me in the street and I just, like, wisp a, a bit of their hair or something like that, legally... By definition of the law, I could have be I could be found guilty of assault. Yeah, uh, but I think there's a big difference between wafting a little hair and beating the shit out of somebody until they're unconscious or something like that. Like there's yeah. there's a, a large radius <laughs> between there which can be covered. And the court would look at the same thing. What was the intent? Yeah. Was the intent to harm? And in this case, was the guy's t- intent to use terror as a weapon in addition to the bomb? Right. And I don't think, again, that's the problem with the suicide bombing, is that you can't then follow it up with another bomb, which is the point of terrorism, is to make you afraid of the next thing. Right. Um, it sounds like this guy had mental health issues for sure. Um, it sounds like there were other things going on. I'm not going to say QAnon, but probably QAnon, um, where he had read a lot of stuff and he had been connected to some people. Like He ended up transferring all his property to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people have been shown to be very deep in the QAnon conspiracy. So, yeah. Um, but it's a tragedy no matter what. And I feel the worst for the small business owners. There's like four or five of them where they did nothing wrong. Right. It's just where this guy found a parking spot. Yeah. He found a parking spot in front of their shops. And they're like, 
one of the guys, again, was on the news, and he was just like, we made it through. You know, I had to lay some people off, but we were pushing through, and I was just about to rehire some folks back, and now I don't know. I don't know what to do uh, because obviously I can't rehire the people and the people who are coming in every day, I can't pay them if I don't have a shop. So um, what do you do in that situation? It's not great. Um, But I I think my my point was just that let's be careful with throwing around the word terrorism. Well, I I think more than anything, you know, like if you want to refer to it as like Nashville terrorist I get it. Like, it's an easy way to understand the shorthand of what you're talking about. But to me, more the issue was I was following it a little bit on on social media as it was going on. And it was clear we didn't know a lot right away. Uh, And there was a lot of information that didn't get cleared up until this morning. But there was a lot of people who wanted to come down on one side of it or another before other people do. And this is something that's been happening a lot you know, the last couple of years where we get information so quickly and we feel like we got enough of the story to make decisions about how we feel about it or where our ideologies lay in determining how we're going to feel about it. Uh, we talked about the, the, if we pulled some random guy out of Bismarck and yes. asked him about random local issues, how often he would probably side with the democratic side of it. If it was completely separated from who he is personally, um, I think a similar thing could be said about this. Like, you know, you know, everyone wants to come up with their decision so quickly so that they can be on one side or the other of whatever the issue is. But a lot of these things don't have sides or like issue. You know, it's not an issue that leans politically or requires some sort of like, yes, there's a problem with terror and there's problems with like lone wolf white people who go out and commit these terrorist acts. But, uh, I mean, this seems like it was more for attention. Again, I don't know. I'm just sort of postulating here. Yeah. But, like, it, it, it's, you know, it, we don't have to know right away. That's that's part of the problem. Like, no, I need to know, Corey. Yeah. I need to know right now. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, I told <clears throat> it was the, the vaccine example I gave you earlier. Like, if I told, told you in March we'd have a vaccine by the end of the calendar year, you would be like, whoa, 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 that's pretty ambitious. That's That's a lot. That's quick. You know, I don't think I think we did have that conversation. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that it's not true, but you want to you want to say yes or no because of things that you feel and like how you how you think things are being handled. And uh, not everything goes to that. Like the doctors aren't watching CNN trying to figure out when they're going to release the vaccine. They're just working on it all the time until it's done. Scientists are apolitical. They are fighting the virus. And if they could have gotten it in one week. They would have given it to us in one week, no matter who's president or anything else. Yeah. Uh, And I I really, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up also is just because they had an expert on afterward who kind of just basically wrapped up by saying, I watched your previous segment and I want to point out that fixing this America's first policy that we've had under Trump is going to cause much bigger, is much more important than, uh, you know, yes, there is a white conservative right uh, terror problem, uh, but it's much more important the fact that, you know, this president moved the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, which upset a lot of very, very far uh, right political groups when it comes to the uh, Islamic countries. And that's going to be a, a bigger deal in the long term. Like 9-11 wasn't planned in 2000. It started planning in 1990. 
first attempt was in 92. Then there was additional planning. There was additional bombings in the mid-90s. And then 9-11 happened in 2001. There is a chance that that action two years ago started the planning towards something that may happen six years from now. Yeah. So Joe Biden really needs to focus on moving forward now and saying, hey, I got to fix this America's first problem. Mm -hmm. Yes, you got to deal with the Nazis, the fascists too, but also terrorism is really going to be an international and a domestic problem. Um, And the white lone wolf is going to be joined by other terrorists, unfortunately. Yeah. uh, Unless we do some things to fix it. And that fix, I think, is going to be both domestic and uh, international uh, because, you know, uh, I one of the uh, let me find it here we go the image that I have is the divided states of America like that's where we are now four years uh, I was listening to a podcast today and they said uh, we are lucky that we had very little outside influence other countries influencing us in the 2020 election but what we learned is that this is kind of a long term problem in so much as when they did it once in 2016 they will have long-standing effects because they basically said, hey, here's a problem. Uh, here's a crack in the concrete. It's going to be a cold week. Let's drop some water in there. <clears throat> and they did. And it drove us apart and drove us apart and drove us apart. And now we have to figure out how to come back together. And people like me, and to some extent, people like you as well, say Joe Biden needs to not be conciliatory. We need to start taking people to task. We need to censure the house members who join the Supreme court case. We need to do the things that need to be done. Yeah. I mean, two degrees. I think that, I think that Joe, you and I are very much different degrees on that. Well, no, I know, but I'm saying like, I think, I think Joe's, uh, side of this is, is, uh, about finding, finding common ground with the reasonable people who are willing to discuss this with like Mitch McConnell. Yes. The reasonable people. Exactly. The, the firm hand of Mitch McConnell. Uh, I don't I don't I don't really think that uh, I don't think Joe thinks that he's going to get anywhere with some of the most conservative members like the types who signed the the thing. Uh, I think he's just hoping that if he can. If he can work enough with the Mitt Romney's, the Susan Collins, the the uh, Lisa Murkowski's, those types, he can find a space to operate between the two and then maybe bring it out to a larger Republican, you know, like <laughs> let Mitt do the talking for me kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just don't think that there's really coming back because so much of this issue is just that Republicans or Democrats are evil. And if that's going to be your baseline for why you feel something about a particular politician, then you're going to have a bad time. Like I talked about my, <laughs> By wanting to sign the recall on Newsom. It's not because I have a ha- hatred for all Democrats and Newsom in particular. It's because they want to New- take your cigarettes away. Newsom did something that upset me personally. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. Like I I've never my my view of Newsom is ever go- forever going to be tainted by decisions he makes. Oh, like, yeah, I, I hate him because of the French laundry. And yeah. uh, because basically he gave carte blanche for everybody in California to just be like, well, fuck it. <laughs> and they did. They absolutely did. Uh, but one of the reasons I want to talk about this, you, you talk about reasonable Republicans, and I want to take a not reasonable Republican to task. And I pulled up the tweet because I don't want to misquote him, mm-hmm. but we said a little bit about Marco Rubio. I believe it was last week yeah. um, because 
he has been railing against vaccination and vaccines uh, against COVID. And uh, he has kind of joined the chorus of people who have not called out the president for saying it wasn't really a pandemic. It's not really that serious. It's going to just go away like a miracle. Just wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went and got the vaccine. He's sk- and by the way, uh, Marco Rubio, healthy 51 year old guy. Um, there are many members of the Senate in the House who were offered the vaccine and said, no, we're going to wait until it's our turn in line because they're also younger and healthier. I get that uh, Schumer at 77, 78. Yeah. Probably not on that list because he is high, high risk. I would do very terrible and morally questionable things to get my dad a vaccine because he's high risk, but he's not special. So he's not even getting offered one at this point. Yeah. Um, but to have Marco Rubio get the vaccine, jump the line, get the vaccine, young, healthy man. And then to post this, Dr. Fauci lied about masks in March. Dr. Fauci has been distorting the level of vaccination needed for herd immunity. It isn't just him. Many in elite bubbles believe the American public doesn't know what's good for them, in quotes. So they need to be tricked into, quote, doing the right thing. Marco Rubio questioning many in the elite bubbles. Millionaire Senator Marco Rubio who lied about why his parents came to America. They didn't come fleeing Castro. They came for economic opportunity, which he then routinely tries to deny to other people of color, including Hispanic people. Um, Elite Marco Rubio who got a vaccine before everyone else. Young, healthy Marco Rubio who skipped the line because he's a senator and in an elite bubble, uh, a bubble like, I don't know, the United States Senate. Believe the American public doesn't know what's good for them, so they need to be tricked into doing the right thing. I just, you went and got the vaccine, Marco. You don't get to get the vaccine and then call to question the level of vaccination needed for herd immunity. Because if you really thought that, you would have trusted herd immunity. You would have trusted that, hey, you know what? We're going to get 30% of the people in stage one, and that's really all we need. After that, we'll be fine. Great. You don't need it then. (laughs) The the amount of... uh... What what I think is funny is like you know like I'm sure Rush I haven't listened to Rush in forever, uh, but I'm sure Rush is keen off on COVID and oh, yeah, all the yeah. people and everything like that. He's doing the same shtick. Uh, he might die in the next week or two. God, I hope so. Uh, and I bet you, if you asked him right now, do you want the COVID vaccine? <laughs> he'd take it a hundred percent. And then he'd go on the air and he'd rail against it. Never admit it to anybody. Yeah, and if he happened to live for an extra six months then he would he would be feeling confident that he was vaccinated against the covid vaccine and you know i'm sure he'd get it from some sort of like wink wink nudge nudge let's get rush the the vaccine oh you mean like a uh, some place in west hollywood just a clinic yeah you know or, just some place where you can buy it yeah outright like I, which by the way uh, as we predicted happened there <laughs> has already been a clinic found to be selling the vaccine that they got to give out to patients so yeah uh i don't know uh, like Generally speaking, I don't think any of the I can understand the president uh, incoming and outgoing. Yeah. The vice president like these people should be vaccinated because Mm -hmm. it doesn't do them good to get covid. Um, Yeah. By the way, it uh, caused a crisis in the markets. It caused international crisis when Trump went in. Yeah. And then he got steroids and started acting like a roid rager, which is also not good. Right. And Joe seems pretty calm, but I don't want to see what he looks like when he's just like. (laughs) Give me my fucking sandwich. Do you want to see me lift this Chevy? <laughs> Joe, no. <laughs> Strokes out in the driveway. 
<laughs> what happened to the president? He tried to lift the limo. <laughs> he got out and started running right beside us. I don't the know. The beast happened. weighs five thousand pounds. Nope, nope. I can lift it. But yeah, I, there's a reason why my they sandwich need is it. under there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason they need it. But Marco Rubio, you're not that fucking important. You're one of a hundred senators. We could replace you, and God, I hope they do in two years. But uh, I wanted to specifically touch on Marco, not only because he's a hypocrite, and not only because we pointed out he was a hypocrite last week, and then mm. he felt like he needed to show us that we were right and did it again. Right. But because I realized four years ago, not five years ago-ish, I may have said that Marco Rubio was a good choice for president and that uh, in lieu of voting for Trump, you should vote for Marco Rubio. Yeah. And I just want to point out that uh, we've all had periods of insanity in our life <laughs> and that we shouldn't be blamed for uh, saying ignorant things in the past when we are willing to come forward and, and admit them. And I admit that was a wrong decision. And I say now to Marco Rubio what I say to almost all members of Congress. I will build a guillotine <laughs> out in the National Mall and you will be first in line. And Marco, There's a lot of first in line. I, I, listen, uh, it's going to be a real long one. I'm going to make one with a long trough because I got a lot of first in line people to go. I, I don't think you should be too offended about uh, at one point having thought Marco Rubio was a different person than he was because he literally was. Yeah. Like he just he's a completely different person than the person who ran for president four years ago. Oh, I mean, Ted and, Cruz hated Trump and uh, Trump called his wife uh, all kinds of names and then see, he but, uh, stumped for him. So. <laughs> see, but Ted Cruz has always been an opportunist. Yeah. He's always been wherever the wind blows. So you could see that in him. There was a part of, of Marco Rubio at least four years ago where it was sort of like you felt like he might have a a John McCain moment, like where he says, like, no, does the no vote. Yes. Like, it's like... You know, it throws the whole thing into chaos because nobody expected Marco to be the one. Like, yeah, yeah. But he's so principled on this thing that he believes in. And that's all out the window. And I, I mean, it, more than anything, that tweet after he gets a vaccine, uh, which, by the way, you know, funded by the public. Yeah, we paid for. Yeah. Uh, all the vaccines technically are paid by the public, but, you know, his specifically. Uh, and his health care. All his health care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just don't. It, it this tweet feels a lot like the Ted Yoho calling AOC a bitch. Yeah. Like he's going to get so much further and make so much more money and fundraising and stuff like that by throwing Fauci under the bus. Even though I'm sure if you if you knew Marco Rubio and like you just like your his brother or something like that and you're just mm -hmm. like, Hey, should I really be listening to Fauci? It's like, yes, he's the leading <laughs> Leading expert in the National Institute of Health. Like, of course, he's the top infectious disease expert. You should be listening to him. And then in the same moment, walk outside and just be like, fuck Fauci. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no, he's just doing this to either A, raise money, B, raise his profile, C, have us talk about him on our podcast, which apparently launches things into the stratosphere because his target got, <laughs> got fined right after we talked about it. Uh, you know, it's, it, I don't, I'm sure he he all all this does is is further people talking about Marco Rubio whether or not they're calling him hypocrite or not, and if you're getting leftist people angry at you, then you've kind of succeeded in what you're trying to do. I guess so. And I mean, like uh, realistically, we're gonna about talk about COVID in just a second here, uh, but the the idea of herd immunity was never a great idea, and certainly doesn't work because there's plenty of evidence from countries like Sweden. I think was the one who yeah. tried it. And it, it, well, no, it worked relatively well in Sweden, where they have a heterogeneous or a homogeneous population of all 
Scandinavian people and they have a low population based on landmass and they all live in cities and then they shut the fuck down for four weeks, <laughs> which is how it works. Yeah. It doesn't work when you do what we do. Yeah. But I, I, I hear you and I agree. I think Marco Rubio's brother should do exactly what my sister would do. And as a reminder, my sister has in the past, and I love her and I forgive her for this, caught me napping on the floor, jumped on my back and banged my head into the floor <laughs> until my mom pulled her off, locked me out of the house for an entire afternoon, and then also chased me around with a knife because I said something mean to her. So uh, Marco's brother, whose name I don't know, just... Narco. Narco Rubio. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to go with that because Hispanic and the connotations, but, yeah. uh, you know, you're a bold man. You say bold <laughs> things. Uh, I'm just saying there's a little bit of inspiration there. Um, but, you know, I, I also want to make sure we have time to talk about uh, a little topic. I don't know if, Corey, you've heard about this. Uh, I don't know if the people at home uh, have heard about this, but um, we're having a pandemic. Uh, what? <laughs> there's this virus out there. Uh, it is the... Um, uh, COVID-19? Coronavirus, it's the SERS or MERS coronavirus novel 19. Yeah. Uh, and it's been impacting the world for a bit now. A few people have contracted it, uh, a couple of people have died. Um, and, uh, People don't give a fuck anymore. No. Uh, and I, I say that because... And by I, people, you mean hundreds of thousands of people. I, I mean, I mention it as if it must be new information because based on what I saw this weekend, it clearly must be new information to people because they're lining up in airports, they're traveling home. I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I. So we were talking in the pre-show about neuroticism and how, like, I think that neurotics have kind of gone from... Everyone's out to get me to uh, the government. There's a big plot by the government. Like it's gone very like everyone's out to get me to QAnon real quick. Yeah. yeah but um, I think there's a level of neuroticism that everyone should sort of put into place where maybe go off of what the most restrictive rules are anywhere in the country at any given moment. Even if you live in a place that is more wide open than that, that place like, because I think people are going to do exactly what they're allowed to get away with. And, you know, a lot of people are going to do whatever they want, regardless of whether or not there's rules in place or, you know, mandates to wear masks or anything. like You know, just like 20%, 30% of people are just not going to fucking do anything. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it feels like... I, I don't... I never remember reading about the 1918 flu pandemic... And them talking about how a good portion of the country was just like, fuck this pandemic. Like, it's not real. And like, I'm not going to wear a mask. And maybe it's just because history is written by the winners. And no, no, no. there's not time to talk that about all that. absolutely happened. Did it? The to the city same of Philadelphia extent? said, we are going to have our parade no matter what. They had a huge outbreak. The rest of the country looked at them and said, oh, and shut the fuck down. Um, so there was a group. They did that, and then everyone else learned their lesson. But the problem is that we are far less connected than they were in 1918. So news is traveling so slowly today yeah. that we just don't see the news stories coming. If only we had the internet like we did in 1918. In 18, yes, yeah. yes. If only information could spread as fast as it did via, you know, telegraph wire <laughs> and early phones uh, that you had to... And messenger on horse. <laughs> All <and> trains, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, if only I could call Corey by saying, "Yeah, Los Angeles, uh, 
Gary Valve seven two five to get a hold of him. So somebody you know. get me Paul Revere. I need to tell Rob we're meeting at Zabarro's for lunch. Yes. <laughs> but uh, if you've missed the news, uh, busiest travel day of the year this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, this just past Sunday, the day where everyone traveled home after Christmas. Uh, good news. Uh, the week before, when watching the news coverage, I saw they were doing interviews with people at the airport, and the number one reason for travel was basically people saying uh, they were tired of the virus, that yeah. it had been a terrible year, they needed their family, and uh, they needed to feel some comfort after the year that they've had, and they're just sick and tired of being at home and in the virus. And I just wanted to scream at my TV, like... You're potentially is- killing all the people you care about? Like, you'll <laughs> never see them again if you go... Enjoy Go it. Now. It's the last time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make good memories because it's the last time you see him. And oh, by the way, if you want to be tired next Christmas, this is how we do it. Yeah. You just keep traveling and keep like, doing just enough to get exhausted by it. And then every six months get broken and go do go travel. Yeah. And it will continue forever until God bless, uh, you know, evolution. This thing evolves to where it kills half the people who get it. And then we'll be done with it. Also, will be done as yeah. uh, a species in population. I can only hope. I can only hope. I continue to hope for that. But uh, Corey doesn't. Just the position of the podcast <laughs> is that uh, we don't that, hope that nobody dies. A yeah. mass <laughs> extinction event. That's just me. I personally hope for that. Um, and, but and, only because it would prove your your vision of how stupid people are. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. You just don't want me to be right. Yeah. Corey, like everyone else in this world, doesn't want me to be proven right. No, I just want you to be like the uh, the old the classic Twilight Zone where everyone dying, dies of yeah. coronavirus and you're all by yourself, and then all of a sudden you get coronavirus. <laughs> no, the, the irony is that uh, I get like uh, the common cold, and there's no doctors left, and I'm so sick, and I just I just want to feel well again, and all I can find is coronavirus vaccine. Oh God, I feel like there's something crazy. Where's in the my... Nyquil? I need to. <laughs> I need to get off of here. I got to write something up, Corey. I got something I'm working. Um, but listen, we're, we're tired. Yeah. We wanted to go home. I'm sick of being inside. We're trying to plan a getaway, and Corey's I, Mr. Paranoid and doesn't want to go anywhere. I, I watch videos of people walking around Las Vegas, and I gnaw my arm off, like, just trying, like, to keep myself from booking $24 hotel rooms and... By the way, uh, secretly going where the happy people are. Neurotic, secretly paranoid. I am convinced that the one day that we book is also the day that everyone else who's been just holding back is yeah. just like, I'm going to do it. And we're going to show up there and just going to be like, wall to wall people. Like, turn this bitch around. Let's go home. You know, I, I kind of had that feeling because uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was watching one of the one of the, by the way, if anyone needs great Las Vegas YouTube channels, hit me up. I got I got a list. <laughs> He's got a lot. I know all the people. I know all the. All the movers and shakers in Vegas. Hit um, that subscribe <laughs> button to get the newest video. The uh, there was one I was watching where he does live streams of the Strip and stuff like that, or like at various places in Vegas. And uh, it was Saturday, right after Christmas, so two days ago, mm-hmm. as the recording of this podcast. Three days if you listen on Tuesday, which you should. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, the the number of people there. He was. He even explained. He was just like, "Oh, this is more people than." I usually see on a Saturday here, and it wasn't a lot of people. I no. mean, it was it was a, uh, it certainly wasn't Vegas at peak. It certainly didn't feel like more than I'm comfortable with a though. normal Vegas Saturday. More than I'm comfortable with right now. Yeah, more than I'm comfortable with though too. And part of my logic was when I was thinking about it, like at various times throughout the course of this 
whole pandemic where I was just like, you know, Christmas might be the time to sneak away to Vegas. Because yeah. who's going to be going to Vegas on Christmas? It's already dead that time of year. Now, and, like, and historically, that's right. You've yeah. been there a couple times during Christmas, and it's been just empty. Well, pretty empty. I was there. Vegas. I was there like Christmas Eve one year. Drop me off at the airport to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we went to the to the hockey game and it was very dead there. There was there was hardly anybody in Vegas and it was the normal times. So it wasn't. Yeah. Airport wasn't dead, by the way, because everybody was leaving town to go wherever <laughs> they're from. Miscalculated on that on my part. Yeah. But yeah. You still saved like 150 bucks on the flight, though. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I. I uh, I don't, I don't know what to say to people anymore. Like I, at this point, how about this? How about some raw facts? The other problem is I don't feel like saying things to people though either. That's the other problem with this. Fuck like fuck them, Corey. <laughs> I used to I used to be the petty person who would uh, if you parked in the handicap space at at work, I would get on the microphone and announce your plate out loud, and I'd be like, "Person is." <laughs> Person with the Ford Taurus is parked in a handicap spot. Please move your car out of the handicap spot. And you feel bad when the guy in the uh, wheelchair wheels himself out of the restaurant. One of the times it was Andy Harris, oh, and I did it multiple times. That does not surprise me at all. Not only that, but uh, do you know this about uh, members of Congress? Their cars license plates just say like Number. U.S. government, and then it just says like MD one. Yep. For like Harris's District car. One. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just <laughs> I was just going out there like. With the person who has the U.S. government issued car with the license plate Maryland District One, please move your car out of the handicap parking space. Yeah, he doesn't care. Did it multiple times. He didn't give a shit. Nope. Nope. At some point, I feel like I'm gonna like tell one of the many Andy Harris stories that I tell, and then like it's just gonna like break out. Like just all of a sudden, Justin Fenton's gonna be like, I "Heard this on a podcast this week." Yeah. It's like all of a sudden it blows up. People are calling me for Andy Harris stories. I'm like, I've literally said it on the podcast for years. Here's the problem. Uh, much like we pointed out, you pointed out earlier, it's only going to get him votes in District 1. <laughs> only going to be like, fuck them. Nah, <laughs> they are lazy. You need to go get a job. I like people who take up handicap spots. Them handicaps need to learn to walk too. I got to get up. I can't, I can't the do the accent if I'm laughing. Right? As the person says in the chair, they haven't left in years. Yes. You're at home on social security. I earned that social security. I worked for four years when I was in my 20s. I worked at the post office for seven months and then I slipped on concrete. But here, I don't want to preach at people, but I'm just want to give them raw facts. Yeah. The United States has... Four, at 375 approximately million people has 4.25 million uh, percent of the world's population. Yeah. We now, as of this past week, have 20% of the COVID cases. 20%. Yeah. We have 18.5, which I almost rounded up, but I said, you know what? 18.5 sounds just as bad as 20%. 18.5% of the deaths. So that means... We are less than 5% of the population, and we make up nearly a fifth of the deaths and at least a fifth of the cases. Mm -hmm. And at what point are we just going to say, how are we getting it so wrong? Now, I know people are, I can hear you conservatives screaming at your, uh, your radio devices right now. I know. China's under-reporting. Russia's under-reporting. Mm -hmm. Everyone's under-reporting. Florida's yes, under-reporting. Florida's under-reporting. <laughs> Texas is under-reporting. That's a country in this in this world, right? Florida? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
California, by the way, underreported the last few days because they realized they had some sort of spectrum outage at the facility and just never hit reset. So they did that before too. Out. There was there was numbers being under underreported in the middle of the summer, and all of a sudden it looked like like California figured it out. Like, yeah. So it's like we had a 30% drop in COVID cases. We're doing great. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, that's right. We didn't count these 200,000 cases. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Sorry. Um, and then Gavin Newsom was just like, hey, let's move on from that as quickly as possible. I'm going to ban menthol cigarettes. Fuck Corey. <laughs> Stay under the cover of all those less cases. And then all the people were just like, yeah, fuck Corey. Meanwhile, uh, in Florida, as you point out, yes, uh, they were actively fraudulently making numbers by doing things like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Run the positive cases today against all the tests, not just taking today, just all the, po- all the tests we've ever taken. <laughs> and just that keeps our positivity rate real low. And in fact, it goes down every day, which was great until it actually started going up, even against this. And you're like, oh, ugh. all right, well, how can we change this? No, we're just going to change the numbers. And as a message to everyone who said, hey, uh, the cops are just good guys. They'd never, you know, do something really bad, like come in my home and point guns at my children for no reason. Uh, the woman who was pointing out that they were fraudulently putting in numbers, the cops came in her house and pointed guns at her children. Yeah. So for what? Uh, because she was fraudulently pointing out, because the governor told them to. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's... Something tells me it wasn't the governor directly. It was the governor loudly saying out loud to anyone who would listen. And then one person takes it upon the other and then blah, 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 et cetera, yes. et cetera. Yep. Yep. Woman's got children's <laughs> guns and children's faces. And then. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, props to her husband who was apparently upstairs and uh, like wouldn't come downstairs. And he's like, you have a gun pointed at my kids. Come downstairs. You have a gun pointed at my children. Yeah. Like. I'm not going to get out from in between you and them when you're pointing a gun at them. Right. Um, yeah, but uh, so they raided her house and took her documents because we all know, as the Washington Post says in uh, says in its uh, byline or whatever, yeah. uh, the truth thrives in darkness. So we need to take her data and make sure that that stays hidden because that's how we make sure we get the most accurate numbers. Uh, but, you know, the good news is, if there is good news out of that story and everything to come from COVID, relief is coming. Because in his benefactory, is that the word? Benefactoriness? This <laughs> nature of being a benefactor? Yeah. The president, of course, as soon as it hit his desk, signed that mutually agreed upon uh, COVID relief bill that we discussed last week. And ch- there's going to be no interruption in benefits. There is no interruption in pay, and those checks are going out this week. Yeah, about that. Oh, sorry. Uh, I always get this wrong. I don't you know. Always, you always just assume things that end up being wrong. I don't because know. people I don't are know good, the, right? People are just naturally good. I don't know why that wouldn't be true. Real quick before we get into that a little bit, I yeah. just wanted to point out something just for the, the sake. Because sure. we, we were talking uh, about uh, uh, Korea, mm-hmm. South Korea before. Uh, they on the twenty fourth had the most cases in one day that they've had since the beginning. Since the beginning, yeah, uh, with one thousand two hundred thirty seven cases. Because there was a super spreader event, a single it, event that they had. You yes. can see one super one event around August that spikes them, and then it goes back down, and now it's going up. Like everyone is going up. Yeah. But still, 1,200 cases out of 50 million people. Not bad. So a pretty good number, especially considering that Los Angeles had. Oh, what was it? 12,000 cases the other day? Uh, just in one day, all by themselves? 10 yeah, Corey, million there's, people? 
there's 8 million people in the metro in that Los Angeles County. So what is that per capita? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> That's less. I forgot. That's less. We have one-fifth the people of South Korea. <laughs> That's how it works. Some, uh, we have 10 times the number of cases in one day as they do. Yeah. It's just. By the way, they also have, uh, they have like 6G there. It's just like super <laughs> gig internet everywhere you go. Holograms everywhere. Gosh. I need to move to They're Korea. back to life. Like, there's so many countries in the East. And it, again, even as I point out to you, Africa. There's, yeah. there's countries that don't have highways in Africa that have figured out COVID better than we have. Yep. And this isn't to slam countries that don't have the money to build highways well, and stuff like that. Everyone, everyone I, lives their own life, and I'm not trying to criticize. But you'd think that America, you know, where everyone looks to us to figure out all these problems would have a better grasp on this whole thing. As you pointed out though, it's uh, almost like we had like a fucking toddler running the, (laughs) running the executive. Uh, Also, uh, he wants to be a dictator and uh, you know, South Korea, some African countries have that. They have that history of uh, dictatorial power in the guise of democracy Mm -hmm. where um, like in South Korea, they say, Hey, everybody stay home. And then a guy with a machine gun comes riding down the street in a Jeep and you stay the fuck home. Yeah. In America, they say stay home and a guy with a machine gun, you know, exists Goes somewhere. Goes to the state capitol and, and argues it. I was going to say, and you feel like you need to get your machine gun and then march on the, stu- the state capitol without a mask and then try to kidnap the governor and uh, <laughs> hold it for ransom or something. So a little different. It's just, it's just a little different. It's called a kangaroo court. <laughs> How are we supposed to do without a kangaroo? <laughs> Why were you? Why were you gonna go to the zoo after you kidnapped her? Ted Cruz. <laughs> but uh, COVID relief is on the way. Yeah. Uh, the bill got passed. Uh, I was joking before. Uh, the uh, president let it sit on his desk because he had important matters of state, uh, like putting and driving and his uh, mid game that he yeah. had to work on. Uh, there were some very important sand traps that had to be dealt with in South Florida. Yep. Um, because, uh, as we know, he spent eight years asking why Obama was golfing so much only to become president and then spend three times more days on the links than Obama spent. And by the way, Obama had eight years <laughs> and he's had four. Uh, and there, nothing says we're in the middle of a crisis like the president playing golf with his corporate donors while, uh, you know... <laughs> 12,000 people have a case. So. The, the one question that constantly pops up in my mind is why would you fight so hard to overturn the results of the election to remain president if in the time between being between the election and now you have done literally almost nothing <laughs> to actually like that results are from being president of the United States? Like there hasn't been like because he hasn't yeah. been like out front on the COVID relief package or anything like that. He's he's not said anything except for complaining about it once it was done. There are people, there are men, specifically men, who would challenge and fight and scream and stomp their feet because they lost the smallest dick contest. And they're not admitting that they were right, but if there's going to be a contest... I want to win? I'm going to win. I don't want to take second. Uh, If you're going to knock me out in the first round, that's fine. But if you're going to put me into the finals, I want to be the winner. I know it's not the biggest, so I might be in competition. Let's just... (laughs) Let's just see, see where, where I, I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that's the thing. It's like, it's not about the, the, what the goal is. Yeah. It's he doesn't want to lose. Right. He doesn't lose. He's not a loser. It, the losers are the ones who, you know, go to Afghanistan and Iraq and die for their country. Yeah. Those are the losers. He right. didn't have to do that because he has bone spurs. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to take too much time. We talked about it a little bit. Oh, I did find a little graph, and I do want to put that up here just quickly. Uh, I didn't have it last week, but a little breakdown of everything that's in the relief bill. Uh, you can see that the largest portion is for small businesses. Uh, then there is a middle. Oh yeah, middle portion is the the workers' families, which includes the PPP program as well as the payments to individuals, that kind of stuff. Schools get money, um, and then there's a bunch of other allocations for uh, a bunch of other stuff. But uh, the bill as it stands is $600 for individuals, $1,200 for couples who file jointly, and then $600 additionally for every child. Um, for children, if you make less than eighty grand a year or something. Yeah, uh, for children do not count, and you have to make less than 75000 or uh, I think it's a hundred and it's not exactly double. It's like yeah. 135 or something like that. For a couple, for yeah. For a couple. So, um, but then Trump, one of the reasons he wanted to delay is he said it's not enough. We need two thousand dollar payments. Yeah. Which the Democrats in the House obliged him today and made the payments two thousand. And um, Mitch McConnell promptly said, "We're gonna have a vote on that uh, six hundred dollar bill." Well, yeah, uh, Mr. Uh, Speaker, they uh, they uh, or uh, uh, leader, Mr. Yeah. Leader, uh, they bumped it up to two thousand. Like, six hundred sounds like a fair amount, if you ask me. <laughs> so we're gonna be taking a vote on that. And uh, yeah, so um, my favorite meme of this whole time has been uh, the Arrested Development one of like. It's nine months rent. What could it cost? Six hundred dollars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, again, going back to Marco Rubio, that's uh, a bunch of people who are elites trying to act like they're not elites by right. saying that other people are acting like elites and none of them have any concept of anything. Trump does. And by the way, Trump doesn't want to give you two grand because it's two grand or anything. It's because it's more than the Democrats were asking for. And it's more than we gave. They offered in the beginning so here's what i think of as a, of elite personally here's my barometer how much can you get done with phone calls or like with people that you have in your network somehow you know like yeah uh i remember i i used to uh be friendly with a guy who ran the the parking lot at the or at oriole park mm -hmm. uh so i used to go up and ask him like hey i'm gonna go buy some tickets you mind if i park in the lot for a few yeah he wasn't supposed to let me, yeah, but, but he'd do it all the time. He'd just uh, like, I, you know, I'd talk with him for a couple of minutes and then now I have a relationship. Yeah. So if you're talking about, you know, my influence, my sphere of influence, he's somebody I can reach upon if yeah. I need to park for a few minutes at Camden Yards. Uh, that's not quite the same as like knowing the governor. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a little thing. It's I think I think elitism is the people who can call the governor. Yeah. Like people yeah. who know somebody who knows somebody who knows the governor. Like that's and maybe the, not in California, because apparently uh, all it takes is being a French guy with some dirty laundry and then he can get the <laughs> hold of the governor here. But, you know, all you need some expensive, dirty laundry. And then all of a sudden seems to be the same way everywhere. I wonder um, if they're Rams uniforms. <laughs> exactly. But the, the reason I really want to bring this up is because Trump uh, waited just long enough that it's possible that unemployment benefits won't kick this week, which means people are going to lose one week of benefit payments. Uh, the checks that could have gone out before the end of the year now absolutely will not. There's no way they can do it before uh, next year. Yeah. And um, because he threw this wrench in about $2,000, it now means that the bill is in some quasi form because the House passed it in the form that it existed, but then came back and like passed it again, giving yeah. the Senate the ability to pass either one. Um so it's probably just a separate bill saying increasing from 600 to 2000 or yeah, just like give people an extra $1,400 would probably be the easier way of just like when they go into conference, they could 
if they both passed in both houses, they basically just like smash all that together yeah. in conference. And the president already signed it, so we're good. Uh, or the president said he would. He w- agreed to it. So, yeah. um, But uh, in the end, this is what I like to call the cruelty of the rich because he was always going to do it, but he wanted to do it in a way that made you suffer and cost him nothing and did him no benefit. Yeah. But just made you suffer a little bit. It made you earn it. It made you, you worry that you were going to get to that line. Like, yeah, you didn't, and you didn't earn it by doing anything. You earned it through suffering. And that's really what it comes down to. Because even the people who, by the way, are also in line with you at, at the welfare office, who look at you and say, like, I don't know why she's here, but the fuck are you here for, man? Yeah. Like, why are you judging people who we're all here? Like, but they're the ones who are like... I bet she's faking her slips when they got their friend to fill out the slip that says they're getting trying to get it. Like yeah. th- that's those people. But it's just like, I just want you to suffer to get the thing that you deserve to have. And I don't, I don't understand those people. I never will. I mean, those are the people just specifically. I understand that, that more liberal, more democratic people are the ones wearing masks and saying stay safe. So when I say, Hey, if this virus could just kill half the people who get it, understand which half I'm talking about um, that would get it and would make the country better off by not being here. But it's the earning the relief, the thing that we needed. And the uh, most interesting part of all of this is that somebody ran the numbers. uh, And I saw this again today where it said with this stimulus and the previous stimulus and all the economic loss, if we just shut down for eight weeks at the very beginning and paid no rent for you and we're going to pay your staff and everybody gets paid. And, uh, by the way, groceries delivered to the home, special kits once a week, you get a delivery or whatever. Everybody stay inside. It would have been cheaper to do that than what we've done thus far. Yeah. But Americans prefer this slow bleed where it's like, see, but independent. It wouldn't have worked though either. That's the problem. Even if if we shut down the borders, even if you set it up like that, if you shut down the borders, there still would have been people who are like, you can't keep me out of my fucking house. Then Then we lock them up. Or they, where they go to church or whatever they, whatever they argue that they are allowed to do at that moment, like uh, you know. So what I, we need, I, I keep arguing for the benevolent dictator, Corey, and I yeah. keep saying, if you give me eighteen years, I will give you a perfect country. These are the things, like yeah, but I want to go to church. Great, uh, I got the perfect only, thing for you. Only operating thetans are allowed to do that. We no, we yeah. have we have a non uh, non what is it called denominational non denominational chapel. Right there in the prison complex, go grab your scrub. <laughs> uh, you're heading inside because I have no, I have no patience for that. Uh, you know, I, I talked at one time about building big camps out in West Texas, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not for anyone of any gender or any race. It's Camp Asshat and Camp Stupid, and they're going to be <laughs> both on both sides of a railroad spur, but they'll both have non-denominational chapels where we have services uh, every single day. So, I just, I, both sides are dumb. People are. It's not both sides. It's one side. The leadership of, of that side is dumb, and so are the people who are in it. And I'm so frustrated. I, I you know, I, I think that Democrats are are dumb though too. That, that there's no way that well, it, hey, Democrats are Republicans. Though. I, you, from my perspective, Democrats are Nancy Pelosi is a, a real liberal Republican. So no, I, I I get where you're coming from, but I'm saying like I I think that uh, I think while you would say you well, you could say that more Republicans are taking this less seriously than Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't, you know, there are plenty of people who, there are plenty of Biden votes that I see out and about every single day of people who aren't wearing their mask properly or not wearing their mask or, yeah, yeah. you know, feel like it doesn't apply to them. Like it, it's, it, 
I think it has less to do necessarily with like where you lean politically as much as it does to your general levels of selfishness and like how how much it revolves around you, you know, like I believe in 2016 we proposed some sort of test based voting method where I would get, you know, one point one million <laughs> votes and someone would have to try real hard to get their one vote. Like if I break the curve, yeah. some people just aren't voting and I'm getting all their votes. Mm-hmm. I think we should go back to that. Can we, can we in the future, let's discuss that because I just realized electoral that, college where one fifth of it is just you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would like to nominate myself. To where the are the electors college. from Rob Cheek going? <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to have so much control over the vote that I could just nominate myself for president and then I've now figured out how to become the benevolent dictator. <laughs> that is how we do it. Uh, but it, it, again, that guy, the guy who's wearing it, the mask on his chin because he thinks he's outsmarted the system. Like, I got a mask. Yeah. You're not helping you. You're not helping me. What the fuck's wrong with you? That guy gets a vote. And he could, he can just X out my vote. Yeah. My vote doesn't count because of his. That, there's, how is that a fair system? Where's the equity, Corey? Well, talk about equity. Like, where's the equity and and people in Florida having more of an important vote than, than me or, you know, like, like that's the, I agree. Genocide Florida, Corey. (laughs) I hear what you're saying. We absolutely should do that. Or maybe we just, just burn the entire South from Dallas (laughs) all the way to the sea, like Sherman intended. Or perhaps, uh, or perhaps just tell all your friends to move to Florida and we can fix it from the inside. No, it's like a virus. If they move there, they'll become that. That's the problem. I don't want to lose my friends. Next time you see them, they're just going to be like, I what's going on now, Florida. (laughs) Oh no, we lost them. (laughs) Next time I see him, he's jumping off a second floor, uh, balcony into a pool. And I'm like, Oh, looking like, God. Looking like James Franco from Spring Breakers. <laughs> like, no. We lost him. <laughs> Rob was such a good boy before he moved to Miami. <laughs> yeah, that's what my parents are saying about L.A. right now. Uh, anyway, yeah. So but uh, keep an eye out. Dumb people everywhere. COVID checks and that stuff. So. Yeah. But we do have one other, uh, obviously, one topic. And I know we're running long already, but there is always time for sports ball. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, So the Ravens are in this situation. Win and you're in. That's it. Best situation to be in. Uh, There's a way we can still make the playoffs if we lose and the Browns lose and the Colts lose and a bunch of other situations could end up with the Ravens still in the playoffs. But the easiest way to think about it is win and you're in. Uh, And it appears win and maybe be as high as the fifth seed hypothetically so with the losses that may be attributed so yeah i mean uh, you know i'm i'm I'm, i feel like the ravens can do can can cause some trouble if they get into the playoffs so just focus on cincinnati don't take your eyes off the prize you got one week ahead of you to determine whether or not you're going to the playoffs and let's just let's do it let's not let's not lose sight of it uh i think the steelers overlooked the bengals when they got beat on monday night football a couple weeks ago Mm uh and I think the Steelers aren't as good as they were when they were playing their cake schedule early in the season. Not saying they don't deserve to be in the playoffs or anything like that. They're a good team. I'm just saying I don't think they're quite as good as they looked. They didn't look like it on coming Sunday, in. Yeah, least, you know. So you know, like let's let's see what happens. Like let's 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 make a move. And and we've said this before too. Uh, earlier in the season, the Ravens started five and one, I believe it mm-hmm. was. 
And the numbers came out where it was like the last two times the Ravens finished 5-1, and one, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. But? Both of those seasons came out of the wild card. Mm-hmm. They didn't even end up winning the division after starting 5-1. and one. So I, 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 there's no reason that it can't happen like this, that it can't work and that we can't find ourselves in the playoffs and eventually in a Super Bowl. Uh, just you gotta, they, they really have to want it. They really got to focus. Baltimore. We never take the easy way. It's gotta be the <laughs> hardest goddamn Kicking way possible. Screaming. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, how we don't even have an, who's your quarterback. We don't have one. We just snap the ball and hope for the best. <laughs> who's going to be back there to catch it. Um, but who's, our defense real good. They put up points. So, so who's your offense? Matt Stover. Have you met him? He's the kicker. <laughs> We just got to get it somewhere inside the 50 and we're okay. Uh, we got this Dilfer guy. Uh, he's okay at that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, and what I had said uh, during our pre-show meeting is I love winning your end because if you can't win that last week of the season, yeah. which is usually a, a, a conference game, then you shouldn't be in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Because the likelihood is you're not going to be able to compete against the number three or number four, I guess, depending on which slot you yeah. end up in. Team. Um, now, that's maybe not true if you're in the NFC, because uh, the NFC, uh, all almost all divisions, are embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, I am putting this out there officially. I would like the Washington future football team to move to the AFC North and have Baltimore move into the NFC East, because I would like us to just make the playoffs every single I'd year. I just want to have a New England-like run. Yeah, just... <laughs> Straight to the conference championships every single year. Because, by the way, it, we're frustrated that we're on the bubble at eleven and five, yeah. twelve and five, or eleven and six. No, eleven and six, we probably would make it. Uh, twelve and five yeah. gets us in, but twelve and five puts us in mm, the lead by far of the <laughs> NFC East, number one seed in the NFC. Also, <laughs> NFC South and NFC North. I think the West. No. Because uh, no, I think the I think the best record is twelve and five right now. Oh, you're right. Yep. Uh, I think I think the Packers are twelve and five. You're right. right. Yep. Uh, uh, and it, it would be the North because uh, the Seahawks are at eleven and. Yeah, you know, six. I all this time we were we were complaining about it. I never even looked at the standings of the two side by side. Yep. So yep. maybe maybe this will be the the moment that I get really angry just live <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Because I, I was watching the Cardinals game. I was gonna say, what, what do the Cards have? What is their record Pack, going? Packers are twelve and three, by the way. Okay. And the Ravens wait, right now are ten and five. Wait, wait, twelve and three with a tie, or they have a COVID game that they didn't play? No, it, it's sixteen week season. Okay. Yeah. Aren't we eleven and five right now? We have one week left. No, ten and five. Ten and five. Okay. Yeah. So we're two games back at the Packers, hypothetically. But ten and five would is the same record as the Bucks. So we'd be uh, the South <laughs> champion, mm-hmm. way better than anybody in the East who's potentially going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, uh, six and six going into the playoffs. Or? I mean, I was watching the the Cardinals game and I was just like, this team's going to fucking make the playoffs. Yep. And I'm like, the Ravens are, you know, like it, it looked like we would be able to beat the Giants and the, the Bengals and move on. But like it, it at the same time, I'm just like, we're over here hoping that it happens and meanwhile the arizona is going to back their way into it and they just don't look like they deserve to be in the playoffs at all i know the the whole nsc is very fraudulent in my mind and not saying that these teams aren't good or that they don't deserve to be in the playoffs but it's very fraudulent over here 
but by the keep in mind, they've been playing other bad teams a yeah. lot. Like their conferences are all bad. So I mean, that's why the Bears are in it. They play the Lions twice a year. So, like that's two, it's two wins right and there. We used to be able to say that. We used to be like, hey, we, we play Cleveland twice a year. So yeah. it's a wash. That ain't true anymore. Right. And we also the Bengals are the worst team in the AFC North, and they're not that bad. No. They beat the the what's going to be the champions of the division. So it's it's odd that things have broken the way they have. But at some point, don't we have to have a shakeup and just move? Like, why is Indy? In the uh, AFC South. Makes no sense. They're further north than we are. Yeah. Why are the teams anywhere that they are? Let's mostly mostly because up. they were, when they added in teams, they wanted to even out the divisions. Because mm-hmm. it was, uh, there was a division that had four, I think, at one point. Yeah. And, and they added, it went from uh, Central, East, West to Central, East, West, North. Yeah. Right? Or they turned the Central into South and North. South and North. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but uh, listen, to this. let's do what hockey did. Let's just forget about just have, have one conference with all the all the one division with all the Canadian teams. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, let's find something they have in common. In hockey, it's Canada. I'm thinking about the murder conference. Baltimore, Detroit. Uh, <laughs> who else has a high murder rate? Oakland. Oh, they don't have a team anymore. Um, but you is get the murdered capitals of the United States and put their teams in. Because then I look at that and I say, well, Baltimore's probably going to dominate that conference. Uh Something, something tells me Steve Bajotti want to be wild about being <laughs> the in the murder, murder conference. conference. <laughs> I mean, so the the NHL this year, uh, because they're going to do a season, but they're not going to do it in the bubble. Yeah, uh, they're only playing. They're only having teams play teams within their general geographic area. Uh, so, so it's just Canada's playing Canada. Yeah, so it's like weird divisions this year. But literally every Canadian team is in one division by itself. Because oh, there's only five of them, right? So there's. Six? No, uh, British Mont- Columbia, Saskatchewan, <laughs> Ontario. You're just counting. Well, they only have one team each. No, not necessarily. Yeah. No. Quebec has one team. There's Montreal. Mm-hmm. There's Quebec. Toronto. There's Ontario. Calgary. There's Winnipeg. There's Vancouver. Who else am I missing? I don't know. I think that is all of them, <laughs> and there is one per. Uh, oh, making me of the NHL now. now there damn. might be two in the in uh, Ontario, but Saskatchewan. Uh, I can't remember the other the other skinny one that's in the middle. You're thinking about the uh, you're thinking about the CFL. I think there. Nope, nope. Uh, Winnipeg is in Saskatchewan. Yeah. So here's the here's the ones. Okay. Okay. Now I got to pull it up in front of me. And we're gonna go by province. Ah, I forgot. Uh, I forgot two of them. Oh, so. Okay. So Calgary. All right. Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg. All right. So uh, Calgary. So there are two in Ontario, two in Quebec, and then uh, three in other. In uh, other. Edmonton uh, and provinces. Calgary are both in Saskatchewan, right? Oh, I thought uh, Calgary was in Ontario. No. That's when I was counting for Ontario. No, so Calgary is out west. Two in Saskatchewan, one in Ontario, two in Quebec. Montreal and Toronto are both in Quebec, right? Nope. Toronto is in Ontario. Yeah, Toronto's in Ontario. 
Nonetheless, it's not a lot of teams. Watch us That's do my all point. the geography. Yes. The, the, you know you're dealing with some geography nerds when we spend time to go like, no, we're going to fucking look at this and figure but it out. But by the way, I am arguing without without being able to remember all the Canadian provinces uh, because there's too many skinny ones in the middle. And you I'd, know what? You should be I'd lucky like you're ima- not states, all right? I'd so, like to imagine there's just one oiler fan listening to us just still at this point just going like, the oil, you forgot about the oil. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, in uh, 1680, 1780, no, 1860, uh, the Hudson Bay Company offered to sell their holdings in America to the United States government. And a sale went through, but before the money could be transferred, the crown intervened and said, no, you must uh, sell to us. So it's possible that everything that is not Nova Scotia, uh, New, uh, New Princeland or whatever, Newfoundland. New Brunswick. Uh, and New Brunswick, because Quebec uh, was its own uh, company. Yeah. Everything east or west of that could be just United States states. So yeah. consider yourself either lucky because <laughs> shit's been crazy or here fortunate. the last four years, or, uh, <laughs> or unlucky because you don't get to be part of the United States. So, uh, But yeah, the, just generally speaking, this whole NHL, or NFL situation is, is weird. And uh, the seventh team, though, is really making things interesting. I, I like this. I like how... There's so much more at play now. Yeah. Even though we complain all the times about like the NBA and NHL just eliminating the Clippers and the Wizards in past years. So uh, the NFC especially because a team with double digit losses could hypothetically be the champion. See, I dislike it for that. I like it because the five and ten Giants who hypothetically could be six and ten could win the division. All it would take is a loss by the Cowboys and the Washington almost professional football team. But see, that is not about the seven team because they're going to win the division and yeah. division leaders always got in the playoffs. Yeah. But that also means somebody with a less than six and 10 record might make the playoffs. So, <laughs> I mean, right now, the the last one on the bubble. Yeah. Is uh, who isn't an NFC East team is the Cardinals. It's eight and seven. They're on the outside looking in. OK, but they might be eight and eight. <sighs> They might have an even record to make the playoffs. Yeah, but again, that makes me say. Meanwhile, a ten and five team or a ten and six team isn't making, or an eleven and six team isn't making it. That makes me hate the seven team playoff. But then on the other side, I say, but there's so many deserving teams in the AFC. We should expand it. And the answer to that uh, NFL is to shuffle things up and put. Uh, well, not shuffle too much, but just put. Baltimore in the uh, NFC East and Washington in the AFC North. There he is. We solved it. We, I think it solves yeah. every problem. Um, and it makes uh, for a fun Super Bowl because you're going to have Mahomes versus Jackson for the next decade. Wonderful. Uh, what else could you ask for? Yo, why do you want that AFC? Wait, do you remember uh, Brady? Uh, Eli? No, uh, other one. Um, the older brother. Peyton? Yes. Oh, in the AFC Championship yeah. every time? It's Brady Payton and it's AFC Championship and nobody cares about the Super Bowl? Why would you want that? Yeah. No. Move Lamar, the franchise player. Oh, over just to move the, the team. Just, I mean, the team. <laughs> yeah, not just play. Move the team. Don't just move Lamar to Philly just to solve your problem. I mean, they do need a quarterback. Uh, but yeah, move the team into the NFC and then uh, I think problem solved because then it's going to be Mahomes, Jackson, uh, if not Super Bowl, like run to the Super Bowl yeah. every single year. You're two young, hot stars. Uh, it sounds like a PR, uh, not night. Bonanza. Bonanza to me. I, um, now, if they end up doing that, um, 
I don't know what kind of recompense we can get for that, but I feel like... I mean, like I feel like seats to the Super Bowl is the very least of the... For the rest of our lives, yes. Yeah. Uh, and travel costs. Probably, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know. Put us in the box right next to Goodell so we can, uh, <laughs> we can yell at him from across the way. Not on the jet with him, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I would... Separate accommodations. Please. Yes, yes. Accommodate, <laughs> uh, jet and accommodations yeah. and uh, next box. Yeah. Not same box. Next box. Over. I just want him to be able to hear me go like, oh, fuck you, Roger. Just throughout the game. <laughs> I Close want to be able to do it loud me. enough that he can hear me. That's all I want. That's all I want. Thank you for giving us the tickets. Fuck you, Roger. <laughs> uh, and then there are tickets. Do you want to know where you can find a lot of other great ideas? Oh, where is that? Oh, the anthem.com. Cordo, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh... Part of part of the new year, new me is coming up with better material to put online. So that is uh, happening right now. In the meantime, you can find more Oh the Anthem at Oh the Anthem dot com. Oh the Anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the listener line, obviously, and uh, Anchor FM forward slash Oh the Anthem for all the links to the places where you listen to the podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always on YouTube, and of course we are live on Twitch, uh, on Twitter via Periscope. Uh, and Facebook and YouTube every Monday night. You can catch the show live. Uh, we take comments, even though I've completely forgotten to check discord. <laughs> Only one comment tonight. And I don't care what she has to say because <laughs> listen, your Tinder date that's been going on for five years now. I understand what her perspective is. Uh, but <laughs> otherwise you can find me on social media at Robert and cheek on our social networks. Um, my drought or my abstinence of social media should be up on Friday. Uh, and I have already planned kind of what I want to post for my first post. Are you going to come back? Or is this? Uh... I'm going to post because it's going to be done. And what I realize, I've gotten messages from people who said, I sent you something. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And I'm like checking Slack. I'm checking email. And I'm, they're like, oh, I sent it to you on Instagram. I'm like, nope, didn't get <laughs> it. Uh, notifications are off. So I realize it's a way people get in touch. So yeah. I should have at least notifications turned on. But uh, I probably won't be as prolific. As I usually am, except yeah. maybe the Instagram story, because that's where I share my tomahawk, and <laughs> that shit's funny. Um, <laughs> but you can also go to robertandcheek.com where you can find links to political blog and news website and uh, all the books which are available on Amazon. Barrow's books. And uh, got a lot of exciting stuff coming up for the new year. Uh, no, not movie reviews and not podcasts, but uh, working on some stuff, and we'll figure out what it is uh, together. So, oh, um, I do have a couple videos coming. I remembered why I had waited to do a couple of uh, unboxing style things mm-hmm. and then forgot to do the thing I had to do to uh, to release them. So I need to reshoot them now. I'm going to reshoot them and, and put them out, but they'll be out this week. So. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. Um, many thanks to my mom and my dad for the new camera. Rocking the uh, Logitech Brio. If it looks a little different, we're still working out the kinks, but thank you, mom and dad. Hopefully you haven't listened to this point or at all. Uh, but uh, as always, you're listening to the it find itself back in the box to send back to Logitech. <laughs> Once I got it, they can't put it in return. <laughs> I got to be the one to return it. Uh, this thing has been sullied. I'm sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's so dirty. They won't take it back. Uh, but as always, you're listening to the, o, the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network for Corey. This is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Now it's time to release the uh, little tyrant. Baby oh, tyrant. Lord. Yeah, I heard him scratching <laughs> the whole time. There we go.